Welcome to the Family Bible Journey. With millions of other podcasts out there you could be listening to right now, thank you so much for listening and joining us as we journal through the Bible. This is Episode 10, Season 1 of the Family Bible Journey New Testament Podcast. Today we're looking at Matthew chapter 6, verses 1-18. to The title of today's podcast is A Humble Faith. Our key verse for today is actually the last half of three verses, verse 4, 6, and 18, where Jesus says, Your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. And so here we see the continuation of the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus in this particular passage is really preaching against the hypocritical faith that many people of his time and in his area really resented about the religious establishment down in Jerusalem. For those of you who listened to the podcast where we talked about Nazareth as that perfect place for Jesus to be raised, we know that Jesus was raised by many people who had retreated from the hubbub of the city. They had retreated from the public life. Many were disenchanted by the religious institutions, the temple there, and the, the greed that they often saw practiced there, the hypocrisy that they witnessed at the hands and that they received at the hands of the ruling parties of the time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who were known to be very strict, yet at the same time also to be very immoral in their dealings in a variety of different ways. And this we have much in common with the people of that day, because the church as an institution today is reeling because of the practice of hypocritical faith. One of the biggest turnoffs for people who are not in the church or not attending worship services is the idea that church people are hypocrites. You can look at many studies and many surveys, and what you'll see is that oftentimes the top two reasons for people not participating or practicing in the worship life of the church today is either because they view the church as irrelevant, which makes sense when we understand that the secular mind is very much opposed to God and the things of God, but then also the the second leading reason is the idea that church people are often hypocrites. And we shouldn't necessarily take offense at this opinion because look at how the church has been making headlines lately. We see the child abuse scandals, uh, often especially of the Roman Catholic Church, where priests and predators were protected at the expense and over and above the welfare of the children who had been entrusted to their care. The Southern Baptists also not too long ago had a, a huge uh, scandal with thousands of names of people who had practiced in the church. And, and I know of many people who have been hurt in this way, and it is a tragedy. It is terrible that those who God has put in positions of influence in his church and positions of leadership have often abused their positions of power and influence and covered over sin instead of exposing sin and causing many to be harmed unnecessarily. This is tragic. And so when people look at the church as a bunch of hypocrites, and we see pastors and priests and church leaders choosing wrong over right, we shouldn't be surprised that we are viewed as hypocrites. There are many child abuse scandals. There are many cases of embezzlement. There have been many leaders in the church and pastors in the church that have fallen into public disgrace through moral failures. And all of this colors the perception of people on the outside of the church. And I know many people who are inside the church that are reeling because these things have been allowed to happen. And it is an absolute tragedy. And this whole section of the Sermon on the Mount is aimed at rooting hypocrisy out of the practice of the faith. 
When we read these words of Jesus in this chapter, it does not mean that Jesus does not want us to practice our faith, but he doesn't want us to practice our faith in order to be seen by others. This is the problem. The motivations for why we do things, the reason why we do things are as important as the very things that we do. And if we are doing things in order to be noticed, in order to receive a reward from God, well, that is wrong. That's not how love works. That's not how real lasting relationships work. No, our standing with God is assured because of the love and the mercy that he has shown us in Christ Jesus. Our works do not matter. There is nothing that we can do to make God think more of us. There's nothing that we can do to make God think less of us. Our place in God's family is assured because of the gift of his love in Christ Jesus. That's it. And so it really is foolish for us as God's people to think that practicing our faith publicly in a way that we're going to receive not only the commendation of God, but the commendation of men. It is just silly. It is ludicrous. And it is good for us as God's people to recognize the spiritual unhealth that comes from trying to either work our way into heaven or to do things in order to be appreciated and approved of by others. One of the words of wisdom sections that I have written in the Bible of my own children is that a friend of all is a friend of none. And there is great damage done when people, instead of standing up for God and standing up for what is right, just try to take the easy way, thinking that that is somehow the way of God. And I have seen on countless times where people trying to do the right thing and trying to please others have caused tremendous hurt to people who are actually doing the right and causing tremendous hurt to themselves in the end because people see through such flimsy, self-serving, popularity-seeking behavior and recognize the people who practice such behavior cannot be trusted. It is the people who are trying to earn the approval of others who often, by trying to earn the approval of others, are shown to be thin-skinned and wishy-washy, two attributes that we do not see listed for us in the Beatitudes. But Jesus here continues to give us a way to practice a humble faith, a true and a genuine faith by doing in secret for God and not even letting the left hand know what the right hand is doing. And in the midst of this humble faith, we are given the Lord's Prayer for the first time recorded for us in the Gospels. In the Lord's Prayer, verses verses 9 to 13, I have highlighted in my study Bible in red, green, and blue. Certainly, the Lord's Prayer is one of the most important passages of Scripture And so I have it highlighted in all three colors. And I also have on chapter 6, verses 9 to 13, a words of wisdom section that says, the Ten Commandments equal God's will for you in the law. The Lord's Prayer equals God's will for you expressed in gospel promise. In other words, when Jesus is giving his disciples this prayer to pray, he is giving them the laundry list of what God wants to give his people. And so when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we are simply praying the Lord's will for us and and asking him to bless us in our lives with the things that we need to support this body and life and also our spiritual and eternal welfare. And God gives us this prayer as a list of promises because he loves us and he's going to give us these things even when we don't deserve it. And so every time that you pray the Lord's Prayer or pray a prayer that is based on the Lord's Prayer, you are truly praying the Lord's will to be done in your life as he has revealed it to you through his son, Jesus Christ. And so this prayer is a tremendous blessing to us. 
And it relies completely on the mercy and the grace of God to receive the things that we need in order to live our daily lives. And that, my friends, is the essence of a humble faith. To recognize, as Luther said, that we are all beggars before God, that we have nothing to offer God, that there is nothing that we can do to increase our standing, that everything we received is a gift of God's love and mercy. And when we really understand that and we take it to heart, the attitude in which we approach God and the attitude in which we are going to approach people, it changes and it becomes more and more like the attitude of Christ, who even though he was the author of life and the perfecter of life, humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant and become one of us in every way that he could die in our place as the very Son of God to become our Savior. In him, we see a perfectly humble faith. And so his encouragement for us in this particular section of the gospel is to exhibit that same kind of faith. And I must admit to you that even though these are not the people who are leading the charge up front, they may not be preaching the sermons, they may not be leading the choirs, some of them may be doing these things. Many of the people who have been the greatest blessings to me in my walk with Christ and my walk through life are the people who practice this kind of faith. I'll count my wife as a person who practices a quiet and a humble faith. My father-in-law also uh, is, is a great example in my experience of a humble and a quiet faith. My grandpa uh, is another person I look up to in this way. Many uh, of the women who serve as mothers and as grandmothers and just love loving on them babies and taking care of their families, in them I see this kind of faith. And it is a refreshment to the soul. It is encouragement in my walk with the Lord, and it is something that I can aspire to, recognizing the great blessing that the people who practice this sort of faith have been in my life, is I seek the Lord's blessing and seek to be a blessing, even as God in Christ Jesus has blessed me. We appreciate your prayers for our podcast. Please pray that God would bless us with his Holy Spirit, with listeners, and the resources to do the work he has put on our hearts to do for you and everyone else who may be listening. Our blessing for today. When you practice your faith and love and trust, your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Amen.